Hey guys, welcome to Band Advice TV. What's How's going it going? Yo? What's going on? I am your co-host Mark Allen V, and this is my friend Matt Mason. How y'all doing? My partner in crime. What's up, man? Not much, not much. Just uh, getting back into the swing of things. You look so good with your shades. I decided to do the same myself. Well, these lights we got yes. here are quite blinding. We were stepping it up a little bit. I got some nice uh, studio lights going on here. Trying to have a backdrop. Uh, unfortunately, it still kind of looks like a, an ultrasound, but you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's better than the mess the rest of this room has turned into. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice. You get your little man cave, and all of a sudden, your little man cave studio ends up being storage for other things. And hey, it's life of. Life of being a family man and a rock and roller, right? Yep, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Speaking of family man, isn't isn't Zach Wilde a family man? He is. He's got like I think I think he's been married to Barbara Ann. They were they were uh, I think they went out for the first time in the sixth grade. Wow, he's been with her ever since. Oh, uh, the the whole dating. My kids do that too. My my one daughter's in fourth grade. Uh, or no, she's in fifth grade, and the other one's in seventh grade. Oh, so-and-so's dating. So It's like, guys yeah, aren't dating. You're walking down the hall, maybe holding hands, but you can't do the PDA. So what dates are you guys going on? I'm the one driving you everywhere. You ain't dating. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's hilarious. Two, All right, so anyway. Two, with two girls, I guarantee you're going to have your hands full. Well, but... that's why that's why having old friends like you around, because <laughs> those first dates, <laughs> you know, between just... the two of us with the, the, the hat and the sunglasses sitting on the front porch. Well, you ought to just get Come you. young man. You just get you a little shotgun. Just be cleaning it when he you comes You know, up. I don't even think I need that, though. <laughs> I don't need that. So. You know, I, th I think just the two of us was enough to scare any of these little post-millennial children's yeah, yeah so uh, so zach, <laughs> anyway, back to zach zach's a family man he's got a wife and four kids i think but what really is cool is this album right here came out 25 years ago wow 25 years no, ago. no you must be losing your mind this album was released <laughs> right this album was released on an unsuspecting unsp uh, public now this was his first solo thing mm -hmm. post ozzy you know, timeline for you. No more tears was like uh, the second. You know, no rest for the wicked. He that was his first album. It really posted like right in the middle of Ozzy, but it's since he joined Ozzy, right? Yeah, I mean, and then there, this was like kind of the first break that he right. took from you know because it, it was like his thing. Yeah, he did no more tears, and then he did this in '94, and 94. so did this, and uh, it's well, what's the name of it? It's called Pride and Glory. Because right, our listeners aren't going to Pride and Glory. Pride and Glory. Everybody knows the BLS stuff, but this is Pride and Glory. Yeah. This is the real meat and potatoes was, right here. I wore so, that cassette out. So what I've got here is this is a reissue of the album. Uh, gatefold, picture disc. It's got some bonus tracks you can download. Wait, now, wait, that, wait, wait. those album. bonus tracks were well, on that's, the... Uh, that's awful large CD. Why yeah, don't you right. explain what an album it's is? It's an LP, a 12-inch LP. LP. Yeah, vinyl's all the rage Vinyl. Now. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. But he's also he's offering that's the... Like Spotify uh, to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's offering these five bonus tracks that were on the, the Spitfire Records release of this. You know, it's nice. like Torn and Tattered, Hammer and the Nail, The Wizard, uh, Come Together... In my time of dying, you know, some cover tunes. But I'm real excited to have this because we saw this show at Kansas Yes, we Ball, did. We that? did. I think I bought that for your birthday or something. Got you tickets to that, didn't I? I think it was like you get a get in with a can of food. Was it? Yeah, it was like yeah, a food drive really? deal. No. I don't know. I took you to some concert for your birthday. Yeah. Though, so anyway. Yeah. So anyway, this was 25 years ago this came out. And it's still in a shrink wrap. Yeah. So oh. I got this. They, they just reissued it. And so I'm really uh, happy to get it. And uh, 
I had a version of this on green vinyl that I got on eBay. It was a Spitfire release, but it just never sounded very good. I don't know that this is going to sound all that good on a picture disc format either. But, but Spitfire is an indie label? Tell us about Spitfire. Spitfire, I think, was, uh, you know, he he licensed like those first four albums or something to this Spitfire Records that started distributing him. I'm not sure exactly... So was it like that. a self-produced thing? He went and financed the Well, the I mean, Pride and Glory or... originally came out on Geffen. Geffen. Because oh, he was right. on Geffen yeah. for Pride and Glory and Book of Shadows. And, you know, that was in the days where if you if you sold 500,000 copies, you were still going to probably get dropped. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, so yeah, uh, that, that I don't was know. He platinum pick, stuff, picked yeah. up his option, whatever the business arrangement was. But anyway, so uh, they're celebrating this 25th anniversary of this with an lp release and i'm just like man it's just been always one of my all-time favorite albums you know so okay so if geffen owned the masters how did he get the masters i guess he bought the masters back well huh? you know you gotta think he's got sharon osborne working behind for him you know enough said she's probably said. Pull, she's probably able to help him pull some strings to <laughs> exactly. own his masters or whatever yeah well, I don't know that for a fact, but I would just, if I had a gut feeling, that would be... Well, if the record stops selling, it would make sense for the major label to sell the masters. Now, for you guys that don't quite understand how that worked, you know, you got the songwriter who writes the songs, you got the record company that then pays to record the stuff, so the the stuff they record is called the masters, and they own what's called the sound recording copyright, where the songwriter owns the actual composition, they own the sound recording, and there's two different copyrights, two different ownership, stuff like that. So what happens, I know it's kind of long-winded right now, but the record company will then actually license the rights to record to create a mechanical license of that song from the songwriters. Now, the songwriters still get their mechanical royalties because they're licensing it, but the record company owns the masters, so you can't reproduce that record. So we move forward. Song's not selling. The record's not selling anymore. He decides that he wants those original masters he has the right to go negotiate with them, you know, and I'm it makes sure. sense for those major labels. I'm not if sure it... what label this is even on. I mean, I think he's got his own label nowadays. Well, I knew Arlo Guthrie. This is Wild back. Recordings, okay, LLC. So, so he somehow financed the the rights to purchase the masters back from from the record label. Now, there's there's one other caveat. A lot of times in cop in E1. contracts, it's maybe licensed to E1. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of times when you. Uh, when you sign a, a recording contract, they'll say that you can't re-record it for 20 years. So you can't make your own masters after that. And once that 20 years is up, but it looks like in this case, he somehow purchased or somebody came in and negotiated mm-hmm. the right to buy the masters back. Mm-hmm. I know Arlo Guthrie had done that. And a lot of people will try to get their masters back. And, uh, cause that's, you know, owning the masters these days, especially with the catalog and the internet and all that kind of stuff. You, well, it, especially you like in the, there. in the wake of that fire that they had oh their universal that yeah. I don't understand why it's just not come to light. What's happened there. I'm, I'm just, it's baffling to me that, I mean, I saw a list of like potential artists whose master recordings were affected by that fire. And it's just amazing. Oh. And it scares me because how many other things are out there? You know, you were talking as we were driving down to Austin a couple of weeks ago. You were talking about that that guy that had all those blues records and stuff, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And it's like, man, we need to get in there and somehow digitally capture those things. Mm-hmm. Well, even on my parents and all their records, so it's like, I'm sure some of those record companies that produce those records aren't existent anymore. Oh, no. So there, there's the possibility of actually 
capturing some of those masters yeah, man, and, just, and at least preserving it for for historical purposes right you know? on and you know the having those master recordings disappear i mean Ugh. you know when they reissue these recordings it's like a lot of times they you know there was two or three bonus songs that didn't make the original mm-hmm. album there's some chit chat in between there's some funny stuff i mean that's what us as fans like to right. hear and to think that that possibly has been affected by this huge fire that was kept under wraps for many right, years right. that's just this kind of goes to show you it's like man you got to own those masters you yeah. got you got to keep control yeah. of that yeah yeah definitely it's because you know, back in the day too especially when the recording you start on a tape multi-track tape and then you do the mix down and the mm-hmm. analog analog and then usually the phonograph, so three analogs or the cassette tape, mm-hmm. you know. So that's the way it was back with those things. So if you don't have that, those master multiple tracks, and I'm sure some of those multi tracks may not be around anymore, but at least the master mix down, you know, that yeah. that, that that second E in the AAA part, right, you know, right. They, they, at least maybe they have a stereo mix down there, right. But that's not to say that some of the stuff that didn't make the album isn't still on those well, master recordings I mean, that got lost. And right, because you always have pages and. You know, there's just no telling what the condition of it was. But I, I felt really kind of like, wow, they didn't even mm. tell anybody about this for years. There's a big fire on the Universal lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. And uh, it's just like Let's some see. of the names that got affected, uh, supposedly, it's pretty big names, you know. I mean, it's just pretty amazing. But but the thing is, they owned it. They don't really have to tell. But from connoisseurs of music like we are, it's like, okay, you may own the tape. But to us, it's our music. We own the music. Yeah, man. Not necessarily an aspect that we could profit from, but these are songs that we grew up with. These are things that are part of our lives. And just to say, well, you know, big deal. No, it is a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, you know why when... can't ever go back and, and find some of these songs from this band that was supposed to be in that album? Yeah. Because every... you guys. Uh, and, you know, yeah. maybe like every, every so many years when they reissue these records, it's nice to freshen up your copy with like some new bonus stuff, some mm-hmm. different things that maybe sure. didn't exist on the original. So, yeah. That's kind of a tragedy, but I'm happy to see this Pride and Glory is yeah, coming back that's out. That's great. That's great. I mean, Zach's just really done well. He's thrived, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, you got to hand it to him. Even if you don't like his music, if you don't like his guitar playing, he's he's been really successful at a lot of things, a lot of levels. Yeah, he has. He really has. And, you know, he's he's a funny dude. I mean, yeah. I'm, I've, I've just been watching him, you know, his business acumen and just the way he sells himself and the way he carries himself. It's He's, mm-hmm. he's doing really pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's definitely developing his, his fan base of the super fans. Man, and, uh, I'm telling you, every, yeah. like a lot of these other people are, they're starving. He's thriving, man. And so, yeah. what's the difference? I'm always checking out what he's doing, and he does it all with a good slice of comedy too. Well, you I know, love I, it. he doesn't take himself too serious. You know, you know? that's the thing, though. It's, you know, is one of the things as we're talking about these YouTube channels and stuff, we're trying to go. It's like you gotta have fun doing it. Yeah, you know, you sit there and say, you know, act like a, a college professor. Well, this is the way you should do it as you're copywriting your material. Who wants to watch that? Right. It's as much entertainment as it knowledge. And yeah, man, you know, we're certainly having a good time doing it. Heck yeah! You know, thanks to thanks to a little <laughs> oil fire whiskey. Anyway, <laughs> shameless self promotion. Not self promotion. Was just saying. Anyway, shameless promotion. Yes, but you know it's. So that's that's really I mean we keep talking about this episode an episode of it's like working you're you're a content creator you're doing the Instagram you're doing this and you're mm-hmm. having a good time and you want to keep people engaged well people want to feel good when they see your stuff so mm-hmm. if you're you're posting funny things and and just being silly and goofy and showing the 
you know, lighthearted side of you, it's like absolutely, you know. Sure, why not, man? Yeah, it's 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 a fun it's fun to follow. Absolutely, his trail, you know. I Nobody mean, wants to follow Eeyore. Ooh, the gloomy day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Now I'd hope I'd hope that we could get a Pride and Glory tour out of this reissue of twenty five years later. That you would know, be kind of cool if he did, you know, kind of did that whole. It would be We're going to awesome. play the album in its entirety awesome. kind of concert, right? You no, know, but I don't know. I don't know, like, because James Lomenzo, Pride and Glory started out as as Leonard Skinhead. So it was like when Ozzy had White Lion out opening for Ozzy, he got to know Greg guys. D'Angelo, the drummer, you know, the curly-haired drummer, <laughs> and then the bass player, James Lomenzo. Right. So on the days off, they'd go out and they'd jam in L.A. and play, you know, Tush and Little Wing and you know, Skinner to Almonds, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it was like, wow, this is good, so let's do an album. And, man, I'm telling you what, it's just, you know, it's the right combination of the heaviness, mm-hmm. awesome guitar. You know, he plays banjo, he plays mandolin, he plays harmonica. <laughs> I mean, it's like Blackfoot meets the Almonds meets Black Sabbath, you know, just he's right got a killer beard, too. I mean, yeah. I, I got beard envy when it comes to Zag. I'm just yeah, <laughs> man. So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if he'd ever get together with those guys again, you know, and play with them. But I think by the time I saw him, I'm trying to remember if, if James Lomenzo was playing with him. I think he might have had J.D. on the bass when I saw that Pride and Glory, when we saw that hmm. show. Little, you know, the guy that's playing with him now. Okay. They've been friends since they were kids, you know. So I'm just really uh, stoked up about it. Nice, nice. Take a little trip down memory lane. We went to that show. It was on my birthday, Uh November 28th, 1994. Holy cow. (laughs) Thanks for making me feel real old. What birthday would that have been for you, sir? Uh, Let's see. I think I was about 14. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) So, uh, so it's still shrink wrapped. Yeah. What's what's the what's the grand plan for Well this the show? grand plan is, man, I'm gonna like wait till my birthday this year, which is on I Thanksgiving. I see a theme going on here, yes. Yeah, it's on Thanksgiving this year. And so I'm gonna crack that open. Uh, crack open a little sip of something good and I'm gonna so crack that album open fine. and put it on the turntable and just see what it sounds like. Nice. You know, nice. I've got how many versions of the CD? I've got the radio promos. I've got all kinds of stuff, you know. Just the, the vinyl. I just man. think that cracking this open on my birthday, putting it on the turntable, letting it spin, you know, because I try to celebrate my birthday like for a week. Sure. You know, and it's not like mad-ass crazy partying the whole week. It's like, okay, I like to go see a band play. Okay. A friend's band play. Right. I like to go to some kind of concert. I like to, uh, you know, get me a buffalo ribeye and smoke that. Oh, yeah. I like to buy me something, you know, like. Something pretty. Yeah, something cool, <laughs> you know. Um, I like to visit with some friends, you know, just have a good week of it, you know. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to be one of my little activities for the week of my birthday. Nice, nice. And then we got to plan mine for next uh, June because it's the big one. Uh, yeah, the big one. <laughs> Oh, the there's big, a, there's an O after the big three O. Huh? Yes, yes, we're gonna go with that. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> big three O. <laughs> anyway, I'm still, great. I'm still 26. I'm yes, here. yes, absolutely. <laughs> 26 going on 14, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Oh, well, that's all good. Well, that's cool. So, Pride and Glory album. All right. What what other albums are you excited about? I know we talked about Black Crows. What else? What's what's on your radar that you're looking forward to happening in the next? four or five months man they've been talking about this gnr thing and i'd just love to know what's going on with that are they talking about going to the studio i think they've already been in the studio really? okay. you know and they've just been slaying it on the road for the last two and some years <sighs> and, 
it's like i'm telling you i was not expecting much when i went and saw those shows a couple of years yeah. ago i was really amazed i was well, really good. impressed it was something else they said i think i shied away from phenomenal. it because i wasn't quite sure because anyway, i saw them back in the use your illusion days and it's like it was pretty awesome but you know i was so far away at texas stadium i might as well have been an ardmore <laughs> i saw them in okc is actually behind the stage so it was a pretty good scene but uh man I was really, cool. I really was surprised at how good they sounded, and you know they played all kinds of songs, and the production was over the top, and everybody sounded great, you know. And I, I just, I, I wonder if they're going to do something because I've been hearing all these rumors for how long, you know. Where's Izzy though? Why isn't he back with us? Well, I think that Izzy just decided he just didn't like that lifestyle anymore, you yeah. know. And you can't say as a blame him, and it's like you know, it's full tilt, man. Yeah, that's it's true. Full tilt. That's true. And I, you know, I mean, just like uh, to each their own. Yeah. But the same jerk offs would say, oh, no, no Guns N' Roses unless there's Izzy. And I'm like, hey, Izzy was a big part of the band. Absolutely. He, Izzy doesn't want to be in the band anymore. What are yeah. you going to do? Yeah. You know, he had, I think that's the thing a lot of people don't realize. Everyone's like, oh, slash, slash. No, Izzy, he was, he's the very, very driving force behind the mm-hmm. sound there. I mean, yeah, he just, him and his rhythms and, and yeah, he may not have shredded the solos, but man, he had some riffs in there. Yeah. That was, he's kind of the riff master. Him and, Ask, him and Axel were friends back in Indiana too. Yeah. So they yeah. had this strange relationship of knowing each other back when, you know? <laughs> so I don't know exactly all the details. It all kind of yeah, escapes yeah. me, you know, now, but like I said, they're back out there and they're doing it again. And I'm like, man, yeah, that's, that's cool. Though. Give us something else, you know, and not a thousand dollar box set. I never thought, I never thought that I would see Slash and, and Axel back together again. Cause you know, after the Chinese democracy came out and I guess Slash tried to go see the band and they, they refused him access. Oh, really? <laughs> You know, wow. Yeah, Axel's like, do not let him in here. It's like, well, you know, how many guys with top hats are trying to walk in? It's pretty easy to get rid of. Right. <laughs> well, but I'm glad that they, they, they seem to patch it up. And they look at the greater good, that they, there's something magical there. And, yes, you know, sometimes you just got to you suck it up and you just make it happen. You know? Yeah. Well, you know? I mean. You get past that crap. It's just like, you know? okay, everybody says, oh, it's a money grab. Well, hell yeah, it's a money grab, you know? I mean. It's- they built a legacy on a band that sold a lot of records, made a lot of people happy. Far be it from any of us to criticize them capitalizing right. on it. If right. you don't like it, change the channel. Exactly. Simple. Simple yeah. as that. Of course, but they're I- saying it's a money grab on their iPhone as they're <laughs> posting this on Facebook. It's like, those are all money grabs. Look, yeah. we all want to do things that are going to employ us so that we can continue to do the things that we enjoy. Right. Simple. Right? Why not? Why not profit from the things you love? Now... I mean, you build. If you're sitting there and you're just writing stupid songs that you never want to play yourself for the purpose of making money, that's, well, to each is their own, though. Really, mm-hmm. honestly, to each is their yeah. own. Somebody that's a professional songwriter, hey, more power to you because I wish exactly. I could do it myself. Exactly. So you got you got to just go with what you love and, and just decide how you want to do it. So, I mean, they've written some of the most endear- enduring music for the last 20 or 30 years. And it's yeah. just like yeah. undeniable. They're head and shoulders above lots of these other rock bands. With only a couple of albums, really, <laughs> they did yeah. it in just a couple of albums. Yeah, I mean, the 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 you know, I'd say I'd give it to them. Like they had, they had four albums, right? One of which was a double, right? And you can't really count Chinese Democracy because no, 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 that no, wasn't no. really a Guns N' Roses. That no. was Axel. That was Axel. But I tell you, when spaghetti I think, incident. When they did play fine. some of those songs off of the off the uh, Chinese Democracy live, I, I really enjoyed them. They yeah. were they're really good. You know, and that Richard Fortas they got sitting in for Izzy is freaking, mm. he's just really good. Cool. Really good. So I'm excited about what what's going to happen with them. We'll see. But 
keep your little ears peeled. Today. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's cool. It's just, <laughs> I really, it's just cool. You know, I never thought we'd we'd be sitting here all these years later, and they're out there touring and playing again. Your flyer that introduced us says, "Do you like GNR and, yeah, and all right. these other bands?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, in '92, it's like, right. look at us now. We're a little, little bit older." <laughs> At least five minutes older. Right, right, right. A little less hair, but that's just because we got haircuts. Yeah. And uh, they're still doing it. We're still doing it. Mm -hmm. Rock on. Awesome. Toast. All right. Let's let's have a little toast. All right. A little Ein Schnuck of something. So here's we got a local brand. This is Oil Fire Whiskey. It's rye whiskey with a little hint of vanilla, maybe a little cinnamon. Real nice. Awesome. I'm empty. Oh, you're empty. Okay. Let's see. Let me put this down and we'll pour you up one. All right, for, this is not a money grab because I'm not getting paid other than this. So, yeah, <laughs> Gross. Salud. Salud. All right, great way to end up another great podcast. Hey, I'm Mark Allen V, and this is Mr. Matt Mason. We Keep are on rocking in the free world, right? And we are BandAdvice.tv. Matt and Mark's about music podcast. You can check us out on YouTube. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify. Google Play, the, the audio on the podcast is out there. You can even go to bandadvice.com and find some links on there. So until next time, peace. See you later. <laughs>